We've just chanted Om Mani Padme Hum. And this Om Mani Padme Hum is the heart mantra of Avalokitesvara Bodhisattva. Do you understand the meaning of Om Mani Padme Hum? When you're chanting Om Mani Padme Hum, you have to sound it out. You cannot just keep silent. You're giving. At the same time, you're learning to give. You give out your sound, you vibrate the sound out, you vibrate the energy out. So actually, when you're listening to it, you're also giving, you're also giving the sound. And the vibration of that sound energy has a lot of inconceivable merits in it. Just the vibration itself, you can feel it, you can feel the energy in it. So what is, what's the meaning of Om Mani Padme Hum? If you know the meaning, that would be more useful to you than if you don't understand the meaning. And, but some people say you don't have to really understand the meaning because the sound itself has energy. But then if you know the meaning of it, that would be so much the better, especially for those who, who study Sanskrit. You should know the meaning of it. And for those who already understand the meaning of it, it's not, it doesn't hurt to, to have a review of what it means. In the Chinese language, we call it the six syllables of mantra. The six syllables uh, of enlightenment uh, mantra. Because Om Mani Padme Hum is six syllables. What is Om? Om. Uh, in the sense, in, in, in the romanization of the sound is O-M, OM. What is OM? It is believed that three sounds are the basic sounds, are the root sounds, are the most important sounds. There are three sounds in the universe. That is OM, AH, HOM. OM, AH, HOM. That's the three basic the most important, the most energetic sounds of the universe. What is OM? It stands first. OM is the mother of all sounds. So in, 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 uh, in esoteric Buddhism, sometimes they just, they just chant one sound. OM, 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 OM. That, that OM is from the that OM is not from the throat. That OM is from, from the ocean of breath, symbolically speaking. OM also means listened. That is something extremely important to say. That is what follows it. Listened. Listen very attentively. This is the mother of all sound. This is the most inconceivable sound. This is the most energetic sound. This is the most spiritual sound. It's, it surpasses all sounds. And you have to listen to this very attentively. You have to listen to the reality of it. You have to listen to the truth of it. You have to listen to the daragatal of it. So that OM is extremely important. You think that OM is just one sound? It's not just one sound. It's the most important sound. It leads to the truth. Without this OM, where does the truth come from? So that's the leading. That's like rolling up 
the curtain for the show to go on. If you don't roll up the curtain, how can the show go on? The first and the foremost and the most important is to roll up that curtain so that the show can go on. So the curtain, Om, is extremely important. Om Mani Padme Home. What is Mani? What's the meaning of Mani? Mani in the Sanskrit language, it means the most precious jewels. Or in common English, diamond. What's the most precious jewel? Not gold anymore, it's diamond. So money, symbolically, it means the most precious. It's the diamond, the most precious. Words, words convey meaning. But words by itself relies on simile and metaphor to convey the profundity of the meaning. Because words are so limited, how can words, language, express something? You have to borrow, metaphorically, or using simile, to borrow from what appears in this world so that you can express the meaning. Matni is borrow, borrowing, diamond and jewels, the most precious. So what this truth tells you, you've got, we've, you've got that most precious jewel in you. You have got that most precious diamond in you. Do you know about it? That most precious diamond in you. That God in you. That's the God in you. In here, it doesn't say God, it says the most precious, that God in you. That God is not outside of you, though. You don't have to look for God in heaven. That God is not anywhere. That God is in you. Mani. Om Mani Padme. Om Mani. That means listen very attentively. You've got that God nature in you. How can we call it? We just call it money, the most precious, the most, it's so rare, it's just one, it's the most precious money in the Chinese language. Zhen bao, money is zhen bao, the most precious. Zhen is rare, bao is treasures. So in order to express the meaning, you've got to borrow words. You've got to borrow language. Words and language are not enough. You've got to borrow a symbol. You've got to borrow something that... How do you describe diamond? You can use a whole book to describe diamond. The density of the diamond, the brightness of the diamond, the value of the diamond. Geologists use volumes of books, millions of words, just to describe diamond. How do we describe diamond? How do we describe something precious inside? We just borrow that word, money, that precious, the most inconceivable in you. That's the God in you. Do you know about it, that God in you? Or you don't care? Spiritually, you've got that God in you. Do you know about it? So, Om Matni. 
find, we know that God in us, how do we know it? How do we get know it? How do we get close to it? How do we know that we've got that God in us? What is that God in us? What is God? What is that God in us? You've got to know more about the God in you. The God in you, if you don't use it carefully, it becomes the devil in you. Because God and devil is just like your hand. You swing the other, it's the palm, and you swing the other, it's the back of the hand. That God in you, if you don't use it properly, becomes the devil in you. That God in you is also your mind. Your mind is what? It's just like fire. It can be your master and it can also be your user. If you use fire properly, you use it with merits. If you use fire improperly, you hurt and destroy and burn. So that's your mind. When you subject yourself to sadness, to depressions, to jealousy, to hatred, to anger, to ignorance, to lethargy, to melancholy, to sadness, when you subject that, all that to that, you turn your God into devil. You don't know about it. You've just turned your God into devil. And you continue to do it. A thought originates from your mind. It's the thought of devil. Not from God, it's from you. You turn that God into a devil and you, that thought arises in you. You attach to it. You carry out into action. And that, that becomes karma. That thought of anger in you has dominated you and turned your God into devil. What do you do? Where does that anger come from? It comes from the slandering of a mouth of another third person, of a, of a person. You attach to that language and you react with it. React with vehemence. You react with hatred. You react with revenge. You could hurt. You could kill. You could do anything you want just to satisfy the anger of that devil in you. And you carry out that action. You committed the offense. You committed the karma. That's just anger. That's just the mental affliction of anger. How many mental afflictions are there we have? The Buddha said, too numerous to say it. But the broad categories we have 26 mental afflictions. If you study in detail, you know about it. So, Matni, that's the most precious in you. Why did you turn that most precious you in you, the diamond, into a devil? The God in you, you turn into a devil. So that is also the devil. So how do you make sure that the God in you is actually God? What's wrong with the devil in us? It's okay. If I'm not happy, I can yell. If I'm sad, I can cry. 
If somebody hurt me, I'm going to revenge. What's wrong with that? If you continue to let the devil in you continue the devilish act, the devilish speech, the devilish thought, that will subject you to a lot of sufferings. And you don't know about it. That is sufferings. You create causes for suffering and we don't know about it. Because why? Why? Why we, we are creating this? Because our mind is so habitually used to create it, to create them. They have been our com companions for millions of lives. We're so used to them. All this devilish thinking, all these mental afflictions, they, they are our good companions for many, many ages. How can we get rid of them? We've been so used to, to these devilish friends. We've been just so used to them. And Avalokitesvara said, turn back. You can't subject yourself to sufferings all the time. The wave in the ocean, remember the wave in the ocean? Every wave, when mental afflictions come, the wave comes up. And the wave is always moving, non-stop, swiftly moving, the wave in the ocean. Every wave is an identity. Every wave is I, is that identity, you, you, me. Every wave is that. And we are blown by the, by the wind of mental afflictions and we form a wave up and down, up and down, all ages. Are you tired of running like that? Do you get tired of suffering all the time? Do you ever feel tired at all? We don't feel tired. We don't know about these things unless a saint told us, stop the suffering. You can stop the suffering. Not only that, you can stop your suffering as well as other people's suffering. So we've been a wave like that in this life, in the past life, in millions of my past lives. And if you don't do anything about it, in your future lives to go. So the wave is tired. The wave wants to go home, to go home to peacefulness. The wave does not have to do anything else. It just have to come down, come home to the water. The wave is the water. You don't have to look for that home. You don't have to look for that heaven. The heaven is right there. As long as you come down, you come home to water. You are, you are water. You are one with water. You are not a wave. No, I'm just a wave. I want to fluctuate like that forever. I want to subject myself to suffering. I'm tired, but I don't know how. And the Buddha said, you just have to come home. Get a permanent home run. Come home to yourself. When you come home to yourself, you're at peace. One with the water. You are at equanimity with the water. How do you feel when there's no suffering? How do you feel when there is no hatred, no jealousy, no depressions? Nothing like that. Not only that, you're not attaching to joy and happiness either. I hate those unhappy things, but I'm looking for happiness. I'm looking for joy. 
Joy. What follows joy later? What follows happiness later? Another kind of suffering. Joy, sadness, and joy is two sides of the same coin. In other words, when you attach to joy, you create suffering too. It's just that when you attach to the past, your love affair, something you cherish in the past, you never let go of that. You never let go of that joy. You are suffering at the same time. So that money, money is that most precious thing in you, which you always have to remember. It can turn into devil. That God nature in you, and then some people will be asked the question, "How do I turn that devil into God?" Okay, so much you said about devil, about suffering, about life and death. How do I turn that into God? That's the third word, Om Mani Padme. You just have to remember the third word, then you know how to turn your devil into God. The third is Padme. It spells P-A-D-M-E. What is that Padme in the Sanskrit language? That lotus, that lotus flowers. Padme is lotus. What lotus stands for? Purification, pacification. Equanimity, peace. They have to use a symbol to express it. They use the lotus flower. What is a lotus flower? A lotus flower is grown from the mud. Mud symbolizes the universes of suffering. You have to grow on top of suffering. You have to get purification. You have to purify your mind first to get away from suffering. Padme, purification. You have to purify yourself. Like lotus flower, not attaching to the water. Like the sun and the moon, not attaching to the sky. The sun and moon is in the sky, but it never attaches to the sky. It always moves. No attachment. Can you be like that? No attachment. No attachment to greediness. No attachment to hostility. No attachment to ignorance. No attachment to egoism. No attachment to egoistic feelings. So you have to be to purify ourselves. How do we purify ourselves? It's easy to talk about it, but how to do it? There's so many methods to purify ourselves. Meditation is one of the many ways to purify ourselves. If every time you come for meditation, or you can meditate at home, then you see yourself more properly. Your mind is at peace. When your mind is at peace, your wisdom level goes up. Because when your mind is at peace, 
all these mental afflictions that clouded you in your unclear thinkings becomes disappeared, like the mist is gone. When all the mist is gone, you can see your, your vista is going to be thousands of miles. But if if your if your view is all clouded by mental afflictions, you you can't even see one yard. Now, when everything is cleared in front of you, your wisdom level automatically increases. In your daily life, if your wisdom level increases, what would benefit you? You do everything right. You know how to interact with people. You know how to interact with your, with your colleagues. You know how to interact with your family members. You know how to, to satisfy your whatever you want to do, as long as you do it in the right way. That's the mister. That's how you do it. So if you, some people want to have concrete ways, concrete methods of purifications, and in the sutra it lays down six parameters. It's to give generosity. If you have achieved these six methods, you are in the process of purification. The first is generosity. The second is morality in concrete terms, is adherence to the Vinaya, which is morality. The third is tolerance. How much can you tolerate? When something unhappy comes up, how do you interact with the unhappiness? Diligence. Apply efforts to it. It's just like when you're meditating, you look very passive from the outside. You look quiet. But actually, you're very active in the inside. You apply efforts to it. You don't just sit there doing nothing. Meditation is not sitting there doing nothing. As a matter of fact, according to the, the Yogacara um, guru, Bhumil Sastra, Yu Chie Si Di Lun, Yogacara guru, Bhumil Sastra. When you're meditating, when you're doing the samatha, there is nine stages in training your mind. There's nine stages. So you see, you see everybody, you see the meditator as not doing anything. He's just sitting there idling his body. No, inside, he is training himself in nine ways how to meditate. Um, what are these nine? Uh, the reason why I'm telling you this is don't think that meditating is idling, is passive, it's very active. You really have to apply methods to it. You really have to be consistent, consistent in your approach, persistent in your efforts in order to be successful in samatha, in order to be successful in turning your matni, the God side, the, your devil side, into God, if you want to call it God. But I hear the bell rings, so... Maybe next time I, I will talk about the nine stages of training the mind in samatha. In the Chinese language, is jiu xin zhu. We'll talk about it next time. But I've, I've already explained to you the six syllables mantra. Om mani padme, your original padme, home. Maybe I should, as a conclusion, finish up with home. Om Mani Padme Hom, H-U-M. A home means planting a seed. Planting a seed 
every utterance of Om Mani Padme, home, that means a seed is planted, a Bodhi seed is planted in your consciousness. When a seed is planted in there, somehow in the future, that seed will sprout into a plant, will sprout into a plant of enlightenment, will sprout into a plant of Bodhi, which brought into a, a plan of the Mahayana mind. The Mahayana mind is rendering compassion to all sentient beings. So that home, that means planting every utterance of that sound. That's why when you are chanting, you can't just keep silent. You don't let people chant, you just listen. No, you're giving. You're giving, you're planting. You're giving out. You learn to give out. Actually, in chanting Om Mani Padme Home, you're not receiving, you're giving. You're always giving out. You're giving out the energy. Om mani by me home. Om mani by me home. You learned how to give out, to render your compassion. In Tibet, in Tibet, they have this wheel in which they write Om mani by me home characters on the side of the wheel with cloth. And it is believed that when they are chanting Om mani by me home, they're turning the Dharma wheel, and when the wind blows, it blows the merit in every direction, the sound in every direction. So even the sound itself will benefit a lot of sentient beings. The living and the passed away too. So every word is important. If you are approached by uh, haunted spirits, for example, when you are chant chanting Om Mani Padme Home, the haunted spirits will not approach you with a harmful attitude. He will approach you, if he, if, if, if he or she, she can, he will approach you with a beneficiary attitude. This is a person who is on his way to enlightenment. He is realizing his Buddha nature in himself, and he is working his purifications to attain the enlightenment, and he is rendering compassion to all sentient beings, just like a Bodhisattva. I have to be respectful to him.